everybody. Welcome to another episode of Kick-Ass Conversations with Louise over there and Kim right here and Lisa. <laughs> Lisa, we're going to learn a little bit more about you and then have some wonderful conversation today around your new book. Um, but we want to start this week how we do every week. We want to talk about what we're all celebrating. So what is something that you're celebrating this week that you're that you just feel really good about? Well, the book is out in the world, but it's more than that. Now what I'm seeing is somebody wrote on a post that my book gave them courage. Mm. And that was like happy dance central here. Like when you see that something that you've created has changed or helped someone, that's the help, happy dance scenario. So I had that one and then I had another one where it was like, okay, it's making a difference to someone else. And it's not just about book sales or anything like that. It's actually something that people are saying that I'm in their heads. <laughs> it just sounds like, but it's like, okay, so it, it's, it's changing. It's changing you. It's helping you. I'm in their heads that they're doing something that they wouldn't have done before. And that's really super exciting and something I'm going to celebrate all weekend long that it's, it's feeling that I'm making a difference. So yeah, that's... Oh. I love, <laughs> I love that. And I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Louise, um, what are you celebrating? I am celebrating uh, optimism, believe it or not. And my just wanting to lean in a little bit farther uh, into places that I am not sure about. And so just knowing that whatever is out there, there's a solution to my problem. Um, and I will get where I need to go uh, when I need to get there. Um, and I'm just leaning way in this week uh, and not worrying too much about uh, what's not working. Um, because like I've said before, it's all a big experiment. And so let's just gather the data um, what's not working, leave it behind. And yeah, leaning way in, like, I feel like I'm leaning like way, way over that cliff, uh, sometimes. So, but it's okay. I haven't fallen off yet. And even if I do, I probably have a parachute, so I don't need to worry. Parachute or a group of friends or something. I guess that could be rambling at the bottom. Like you just never, yeah. know, you never know what's going to happen. You never know. So yeah. Yeah. It's so, and I love it because it, it ties back into that idea that Lisa was talking about with courage, right? Like we have to have that courage. Yeah. I, uh, I'm celebrating the fact that I opened the doors to a new program today and I had been really nervous about, uh, stepping fully in, leaning fully in, because this is generally when I run workshops and programs, um, I lead with the strategy and then I weave in kind of my goddess energy and and that softer side of uh, the divine feminine. This is leading with the divine feminine and the goddess energy and weaving in the strategy. And that was scary. It was like, ooh, can I be that person um, that leads in this way versus this way? And man, was it fun. It, I am lit up and very excited about um, what this means for the people in the program and where this leads me next. So yay. Fantastic. Yay. I love those crunchy spots because right, like when they're crunchy, it's probably means we need to be paying attention to them and that's where we need to focus. So good for you, Kim, and, and just leaning into the crunch and doing what you know is right. Thank you. Yeah. Flipping the script sometimes just really helps to shake mm. up our energy and to say, here's something new that you wouldn't have gotten to if you had kept with the same old script. So that flip 
and sometimes flipping it again is going to be something that's going to really keep keep you going too. So yeah, yes, I like the celebrations. These are great. <laughs> well, it's kind of it's funny as I was thinking about it. I was like, well, we start this all the time with celebrations. So in our own way, like we do our own little self promotion, our own little bragging about what like we're excited about in our worlds, in our lives, in our work. And so I'm excited to dive further into that in our conversation just a little bit. I do want to let people know like who you are. Um, and so I'm going to read your bio here. And then Louise is going to ask you to actually a very pointed question about how you got to where you are. And then we'll dive into the book as well. Um, so Lisa has literally written the book on how to talk about success. Her book, Bragging Rights, How to Talk About Your Work Using Purposeful Self-Promotion was just released this month. Um, she's a speaker, advisor, and professional mentor. She is the founder of MediaFace, a Toronto-based content and consulting firm, and she is also a TV reporter and anchor for 15 years. I guess you're retired from that now, is I should have said yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That seems like a lifetime ago for sure. And that's one of the ways is get someone else to read your bio. Like yeah, mm -hmm. that's one of the ways for easiest self-promotion is hand your bio over to someone else to read. And then it just sounds so much better when someone else is saying it's just so easy. That's one of those things we hear from a lot of guests is, wow, that's me. I'm like, well, you wrote it. I just read it. <laughs> exactly. And that's the funny thing, that false modesty. Oh, well. And it's like, no, no, no. But that's where you hand it to someone else. And then you mm -hmm. they read it. It's like, yeah, that sounds really good. And it's one of those opportunities where we do allow ourselves to say, oh, I have to write something good things about myself. I make like, you know, here's a chance. But it should be all the time that we're not just doing it. And we should be doing it for ourselves. So, yeah. Mm. Always get someone else to read your bio. It sounds great. Oh, I love that. Love that. Uh, so many hats, like author hat, consultants, like, and then your past with uh, with television and media, and and I am so interested. Like, this is like a, I feel like a crayon on a piece of paper in your career path. Um, but tell our audience a little bit about like, are you, are you doing what you were meant to do? Like, how did you get here and what has your career journey been about? I love that. It's a crayon. Is it a red crayon? <laughs> yeah. What color is it? <laughs> because there's a red thread. It's a red thread mm. when I look back at all of it. So my whole mission is to help people be seen and heard and going back you know, I, as a young girl, I, my last name is Bragg, two G's. And I always, once I realized my name meant something, I would hide myself and I wasn't out there talking about myself and I would, you know, play smaller, but I decided to go into journalism because journalism, it's not about me. It's about all the people that I interview and the stories that I tell and putting them in the spotlight. And so I really love that. How can I help people be seen and be heard? And, you know, I think growing up my family, we were not seen and be heard people, but you know, we needed that. We need, we should have had that, but helping other people be seen and heard in journalism was a, a thread. And then when I started a content company back in 2007, when the technology just changed, that was part of helping subject matter experts get online in video for the first time. <laughs> Sounds so long ago, but it's not really. Um, so helping people there, the red thread through that, and then realizing I really needed to write a book and pull all my learnings and lessons together and put that out in the world. So it definitely is the red thread of helping people be seen and heard. Yeah, it, it often is a thread, right? When I'm 
uh, talking to people about, you know, where, where their next step is in their career or in their lives or where they're headed, they often feel like I'm at a starting line or I'm at a finishing line and, and I, I just don't know what's next. And it's like, it's that work to pull that thread through. And when you can find find it uh, and pull it. And then the next step just, it seems to make so much more sense. And you're like, of course, this is where I pivot. Of course, this is what I do next. Um, Because you are connected to that thread, right? That's really you, Um, your values and what you believe. It's really that thread that we pull forward. So I love that. Um, Absolutely. It's so often we don't take the time though to reflect and see that. So we feel like everything is so disjointed and all over the place and just messy all the time. So when you take that time to say, oh, okay, I get it. And here are the values that I have. And, and what is it that it connects all to it? So some self-reflections needed to really say, oh, I get it. And then you get that you totally the light bulb moment. And then it helps you move ahead further. And then you know, like you're already so enthusiastic and passionate about those things that you're talking about. And when you start to light up and your eyes go bigger, then you know, you should be talking more and more about that. So I'm probably the most enthusiastic and passionate person about talking about success. And that uh, it's sometimes, yeah, (laughs) I love it. Don't simmer down. (laughs) <laughs> right? I feel back at me, right? Back at me all the time. <laughs> all the time because it's, it's, we have those places where we get lit up. We want to talk about it. It's just like what I was talking about with the program. It's like, I actually do want to talk about goddess energy. I actually want to talk about divine feminine and how it's not what we think it is. It's not this flighty, heady, like place that we think is, is not accessible. There's a lot of power in it but we don't give ourselves that permission to do it. So when we have that thing we're excited about, we want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And enthusiasm counts for so much nowadays. Like being, if you are, so if we're talking passion, but enthusiasm showing up in whatever you're doing, be enthusiastic about it. Cause that is self-promotion. Then when I show up and I'm like enthusiastic, people notice me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to know all about it, but I'm enthusiastic. And people are like, okay, let's bring her forward. Let's do something with her where I get opportunities because I'm enthusiastic. And so enthusiasm counts for a lot nowadays. Cause so many people are just not there. They're not, they're checked out entirely for lots of reasons. But when you bring enthusiasm to what it is that you care about, tiny bit more. And then people really realize it and see it and um, they'll connect with you because of it. So is that what I I hear a lot of people talking about? Be your authentic self, bring your authentic self to whatever you're doing. Let your, your, your light shine through. Is that really what you're talking about then? Well, I believe in letting your light shine through. And I believe about being that enthusiastic and passionate, but I'm always cautious when people say, bring your authentic self to work. I do think it's a bit of a trap for some people because what does it mean you know, does it mean showing up as you are in your track pants to to different things? Are you a clown in one place and then you're going to go be a clown someone else, somewhere else at your wedding or what? You know what I mean? Yeah, I really believe we are in theater still and that might be a little bit old school, but I do believe you you show up for the opportunity in front of you. And I think that's where we see a lot of things happening in the background, you know, where people have sets where over there might be a mess, you know? So I think we still are challenged with the word authentic, but I think the more you show of yourself, when, especially when you have any power in the realm that you are in, 
that helps everyone to show up more so as themselves. So if you have more power, you can definitely be much more authentic and you can definitely be much more vulnerable than some people who have less power. So I'm always worried about saying, be your authentic self, show up with all your warts where, you know, it's a little bit of a challenge. But I will add to that. We are humans having a human experience. And the more we take off that I'm perfect mask, the better for all of us. And that's where I want people to talk about their successes because then we'll show people how to go forward together. So it's that whole, there's a big dance to all of the nuance to the word authentic for me, but I really want people to watch out for that perfectionist trap and um, all the caveats that that has along the way. Yeah, showing up for the opportunity that is present, right, is is key. Um, if you really are a clown, then join clown school. Like there's a place for you, um, right, to lean way in and find an opportunity. Um, but when you can be like your authentic self is that all those building blocks, all of those values, right? Um, if you value humor, uh, find a place that values humor, and you're going to be more aligned uh, with showing up as yourself. Um, but but to use it as an excuse for misbehavior, I agree. Yeah, we can yeah. we can fall into that trap pretty easily. Yeah, but I do like that. We are now connecting more and more based on values because there's so many more of us. We're connecting in so many ways. And so people want you to signal, what do you stand for? Because I don't want to be surprised that you and I really you know, while we can agree on so many issues, but some of the other things, if we don't agree, that might cause some issues, but we are humans having a human experience. And I want us to connect as deeply as possible, but signaling our mm -hmm. values more and more. And it's like, here are the things I'm interested in. And here's the things that light me up in the world. And it may not have anything to do with all the things that, um, you know, you don't talk about necessarily, but it has a, to do with like, that I enjoy these things and I'm this kind of person and it resonates with other people. Yeah, absolutely. I was just speaking with a client earlier today, actually, who brought uh, to his team uh, a values exercise, and they all walked through their top three values uh, to see where they were aligned and where they weren't. And, you know, some values very, very similar, right? The and it played nicely together, but it gave people such a great opportunity to say, even though like we might value the same thing, it shows up differently in our lives. And then how do we support each other through that? Um, somebody who values family, right, um, as their top value, be very different than someone that values innovation or learning. They show up very differently at work. Um, but when we can connect uh, those values, values and really just start to understand to say like this person just looks at problems differently that's fantastic we want to be surrounded by that um but we also want to be able to connect with people on that on that deeper level um and be able to to see how we can support each other live our values louise i really like that so much because it moves us from where we've had for a long time this transactional relationship where really where we need to go in everything that we do is much more from service and transaction to that experiential and transformational yeah. in our relationships. And so back, I feel like we've been through such a, give me this, give me that, and it's transactional, but how do we move much more to experiential and transformational? I think that's where, you know, knowing your values is that it's not just a transaction between us. It's that we actually know 
how we want to serve each other and show up for each other in a deeper way. So I really appreciate that. It's interesting listening to the two of you. I, 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 I want to circle back on this word authenticity for just a second in that I 100% hear you when we don't want to encourage somebody who it could be detrimental for them to show up authentically if it's not in alignment, um, right? Authentically in their values, if it's not in alignment, if it's not safe in the environment that they're in. And that's a reminder that not every job, not every organization, not every business that we own, not every book that we read, not every everything is going to be meant for us. And so how do we then start to define what is meant for us. And values is definitely a place that we can lean into. Lisa, what are some of the other ways that you have seen as people start to define success um, that um, that they are able to find what, what is meant for them? I think it's taking an inventory of what makes you remarkable. What are the things that really are about you? And, you know, people will say, well, you know, here's how I'm better than everyone else. But that's a competitive stance. And, you know, unique is another good another good word, but it's hard to be unique when there's so many of us and different too. Those are hard words. But if you could make a list of all the things that make you remarkable, I think remarkable is just such a positive word too, where unique is good and different is good. Better is hard to, you know, we're adding in the competitive yeah. stance there. But when you talk about remarkable, that's a good place to start to really think about what you bring to the scenario and how you want to serve people. So I think thinking about saying, you know, here's what I believe, here's what I could teach people, here's what I, you know, um, the curiosities I have, whatever it is that makes you remarkable, people have a hard time defining what makes them remarkable. Google has a program called I Am Remarkable. And they've shown when their participants have done the work, it's very hard. When I've done an exercise in my programs and workshops, it takes them a long time to fill a page of things that they are feel make them remarkable because we haven't taken the time. We're so quick to think of, well, I'm remarkable because of my children or my nieces and nephews. And we put it on those things, which are very valuable, but we don't take the time to think about the life that we are individually leading and what makes us remarkable. So it's often very challenging for people because we haven't done that. We've often put it on our job titles and what job title doesn't really quite make you remarkable. It's a job title and that's, <laughs> you know, positional influence, not professional influence, right? Yeah. So it's fleeting. So you're the CEO today are you tomorrow? Right. So what brings, what is much more remarkable because that's a little backpack for you or luggage or whatever you want to take it as that you can take wherever you go and transfer to so many places. It's what makes you remarkable. And it's, um, you know, it makes things safer to know that you, how you shine and what makes you remarkable. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that word remarkable because it's not one that we use very often. Right. Yeah. It's it. And I can see how hard and challenging um, I was sharing before the show that that there was a woman that I that I work with. And, and um, we talk a lot about proving energy. And so we can go to that space of I have to prove to them that I am an expert, that I am all of these things, that I am remarkable instead of owning the parts of us that are remarkable. And so I like that that inventory idea, carrying that backpack and saying, no, this is what makes me remarkable. And I don't have to prove it to anybody. Yeah, it takes time to get there. And I think mm -hmm. it starts with courage, but it also comes along with, 
you know, we feel like we have to prove something. We have to get the next credential. We have to do all of these things. And a lot of it has to, to do with upbringing. So, so many of us are taught to get gold stars, A pluses, what you, you got 96%. Why didn't you get a hundred percent? And so we think in these terms of, I have to prove myself. I have a deficit instead of showing up in our, in the way that we are remarkable. So it's allowing yourself not to you know, lose the phrase, be a good girl, put your head down, do good work. And eventually someone will notice you. Did you get that growing up? Mm -hmm. Always. Right. And so we have, yeah. And so we have that. And so then we don't, we feel like we have to prove ourselves Mm -hmm. or do more work. And I, I do believe that's why so many of us burn out is because we have to do so much more than the next person or we think we do because we need to prove ourselves and prove that we're worthy. And we're also waiting for that person to notice us. So we're doing so much more work, but they're not noticing us because they're onto the next fire. They're onto the next person or the louder, mediocre person. And so they don't have the time to really notice all of our strengths, especially now when we're not only competing, we're also collaborating with people you know, not just the next cubicle over, but in the next country or across the world. And it's harder and harder to be seen and heard if you're not out there letting people know how you shine and how you're here to serve. So I think that comes into it is that we do feel like we need to prove it because of the past and our reputation. And we feel like we need to plug up and make our reputation solid. But what I talk to people about is your reputation it needs to be good. You are already good. But what we need to do is think about our future selves and the potential self and market to where we want to go instead of always considering and thinking about our reputation and having to get all the next pieces for the reputation piece. It's really marketing yourself on your potential and communicating that and leaving breadcrumbs to the potential you. So I would love to know how you do that with people. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of it comes, so it's, Okay, I'm it's in the book, but it, there's so many things <laughs> in the book. book. <laughs> yeah. It but there's like in the book it has some to-dos, so it has to consider because I really want people to reflect on themselves. So I can give you some quick things, okay. but really we need to do reflection work. So there's a to-consider part that helps you really think about whatever the topic is, that we need to think about these things, thinking about our superpowers, thinking about what makes us remarkable. So thinking about those things is the first consideration. And then doing. So it's great that we're going to be inspired after this chat today. And I'm glad that Kim, you you know, challenged me saying, what can we do? But there are to-dos. They're easier to-dos that are much, they're simple things to get going on today. And then there's a share. Each chapter has a share because I believe this is work that while self-promotion sounds like it's all me, 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 it's really about how do we partner with each other and share what we're doing. So there's a share part where we can go together because I really believe we go further, farther, faster when we go together. So it starts with the individual, though, doing reflection and action. And then how do we do it together? So so your question, though, is how do we do this? (laughs) But it's a long time. It's it's really it's having courage. We always wait for confidence. You won't have confidence. You need a step of courage. Take that one step. And that's where that person who made a post today said, you know, I made this post. I had courage because of your work. Like, okay, you had courage to do it. You knew that it was supposed to be out there in the world, that people are supposed to see this, put it out there and see what happens. And it's just taking that one step, showing people some way. And it doesn't have to be on social media. It can be wherever you like to communicate. It can be with yourself first. So starting your own brag book 
and connecting all the, you know, I, I always caution people to go way back in time because that just becomes one of those rabbit holes. But anything that people have sent to you in the last two weeks and going forward, grab those little things, those kudos, those thank yous, the job well done, done's, and keep them. And also, what do you feel that you did that deserved a kudo or a pat on the back that you should be doing that to yourself? Write them down and have them. And if you are employed, don't keep them on your employer's server. Whatever you're allowed to download and copy and paste, do those things because servers and emails, things blow up still in this world of ours. You need to keep those and keep them, print them out if you can and have them. So that's what I would do is start, first of all, with yourself and starting to collect those things along the way that you're proud of that shows some of your accomplishments and what's what has made you remarkable in the in the recent past. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's I do a lot of that work with my um, the entrepreneurs that I work with. Um, is it's is the, that confidence part that you were talking about? The confidence just doesn't magically come online. It just doesn't. People expect it to, or they wait till I'm confident to do this, and then they don't get there. And then it's like, well, I'll do it when I'm confident. Well, I'll do that when I'm this or that. <laughs> you know, I'll do it when I lose temper. Like, no, we need to do these things today to get to that spot. And the funny thing with confidence too, is we take a step of courage and then we're starting to feel better about it. And then it's the mastery. It's like an S curve. So we go yep. and it's like, yeah, I kind of know what I'm doing. No, I don't know what I'm doing at all. And I'm, okay. I know what I'm doing. And I'm okay. I know this. I am the pro at this. And then it's like, oh, now I'm going to jump to something else and then we do it again. And that's why I call it the imposter experience because a lot of us are experiencing it all the time because we're doing things that we've never done before. You know, I've never written a book before. I don't know what I'm doing, I'm, but I'm having fun and I'm figuring it out and I'm having steps of courage as I go and then I'll do something else and we'll keep building onto ourselves. We're just not meant to do the same thing anymore. None of us are signed up. No one is signed up for a 30 or 40 year old, 40 year job anymore. We're no longer part of the factory system where this is the job that you will do for the next 30 years. No, our jobs are changing all the time. Now our roles are changing. Our positions are changing. So our minds need to also change and have that pivot opportunity. And so this, this is all that suitcase luggage bag, you know, that will help you to move forward without baggage. (laughs) Yeah. And looking for the evidence along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you're collecting it. Collect that evidence. You know what, though? People don't, um, the research that I did for the book, they're not looking for exactly how many sales you closed or any of that information. They're looking for much more the feeling, the emotional part of things so that that it's not all the data, data, data. It's good to have data. You know, I closed these kind of accounts, but people are looking for the more the emotional factor when you're telling your stories about your successes. So people feel like I need to have all the facts, ma'am. And that's nothing about the facts, but it's really the feeling and the thinking that goes into it because the facts will keep people mired. And most people are based on much more emotional thinking. So if you can make people feel away, you don't need to always have the deep data because so many people who are in tech, they're like, well, I don't have any data to support all my success stories. Well, you don't need the data, but what did you do to move things yeah. forward? Because people don't look to the data all the time. So yeah. I think yeah. I just killed Louise just a little bit though on that one. Well, no, I mean, I do a lot of coaching with uh, folks in the tech um, space and our conversations end up being like, I want to know what you're proud of. 
I don't want to know like what you what boxes you've checked because I can see that that's called your job experience and I can go to that part of your resume and I can clearly see all of your certifications and all of those things there. I want to know what you're proud of. Yeah. I want to know when you walked in when you walked home in it right walked in the door and you told your dog um what a fantastic day you had there's a very proud moment in there and so what what made what made that day fantastic those are the stories that you tell and it kind of loops back into like that enthusiasm piece is like what am I really lit up about because we're not all lit up about right like I moved a business from um, right to a billion dollars by doing X, Y, and Z, um, but it, it is about like what do you really, really um, are proud of? What what made that day um, a, a day that you're not going to forget because you had to come home and tell your dog, right? Like those are those are the those are the jemmy pieces that I love to talk to tech people about because they do get stuck in like just a laundry list of here's all of the things. And I think that's where we're so much in our heads. And with the new technology that's coming up yeah. quickly, this is very important, but it's different now. So we can't just be here. We are moving much more to heart centric. And then I'm even going to say it, which I'm sure your tech people get freaked out about is that intuition, that gut piece. And CEOs <laughs> sometimes get freaked out when you go there. But so often it's much more about we do need this, but we also need the heart now. And then also what does our intuition tell us? And that comes into it where what is the story behind all the boxes being ticked? Because AI can tick all those boxes too. Mm -hmm. What are you bringing that adds to the story that really makes something even more so than what it was before? And so it's not just that we've ticked these boxes, and but it's really how to, how to then tell a story beyond those boxes. How did you make, when you tick those boxes, what happened in the world? You know, the who, what, when, where, why? What happened next that really made the difference? The boxes just don't tell, tell us enough of a story. Yeah. It's so interesting that you said that because um, one of the things that I've been playing with a lot in 2023 is this idea of not using the question how. Mm. And you yeah. just listed off every other question but how. And it because it's not about the how. It's about all that other stuff. Gee, my journalism people would be like shocked. <laughs> but you know what? The how gets us stuck though, doesn't it? hundred percent. How? How am I going to do this? I don't know. This is just do it. Like if Just we worry about the how too long, we get so stuck in here and then we don't, nothing moves forward. So thanks for pointing that out. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. And I love what you were saying too, Lisa, about like being remarkable and, and how we struggle often with just saying how we are remarkable, um, being able to step in and lean into a place where we want to own it. Right. I talk about superpowers and it's like, that's your cape. Like, just like own it, own the costume, own the attitude, like own all of it. Um, but we often shy away from that because it, it, it does feel very vulnerable because now it's like, oh, but now I look different. I like I am seen differently um, when all I really want to do is blend in. But I don't. I want to be seen, but I don't want to be seen. And we can get into this this uh, internal conflict around what I really want and then what I've been told uh, right throughout my upbringing or my culture, or my community, um, not to do that. So there's always this 
battle. And it is like I do. It's like a Marvel movie um, in my mind is that there is always this epic battle um, that goes on and um, the superpower in your cape and who you are. You, that's the battle you fight first um, is that internal one. And, uh, you know, for a while there, I felt so frustra frustrated with what I was doing in my content company. Um, you know, I really would say to myself, I need people to get off my cape get off my cape. <laughs> and in the end, I think I was the one standing on my cape, right? So, cause I yeah. love that, that idea too, of a cape and, and just going, but I think a lot of us, we stand in our own way, but it is cultural. It is. And I did research for, for the book that looked at all these different, you know, people, it was one of the, it is the largest research survey on bragging and self-promotion. And people told me all the cultural things that people would say, you know, well, what will they think? you know, like, like who's the, who's the magic they, or <laughs> the cream rises to the top and we get, you know, there's so many of them, but it's just that attitude of just play small because we're still stuck in this factory era. So long time ago, we would tell each other stories of success so that we could thrive. Mm -hmm. And then we moved into communities, you know, we started to have rulers and they would, you know, we wouldn't want to stick out too much. And then we're as a agricultural society, you know, people knew what our strengths were. They knew what we were horrible at. They could see it right in front of them. But then we moved to factories. We moved into this era of factories and moving to these big cities and we would want to stay in line. You know, some of us willingly went to factories because we wanted, you know, a different, um, paycheck. We wanted the safety of a paycheck. Some people were forced to go to, to factories, we know, but, you know, we wanted, a lot of people went there for the stability and the style that, that the agriculture couldn't give us. But we were taught in that era because we needed to be safe in the factory. We got this hierarchy that really, you know, came down on us. Don't have your own ideas, you know, stay in line. We know how to line up. You know, we didn't know how to like lining up the bell responding to these things. It's so ingrained in us for so long now, but we learned the factory system, put your head down, do good work. And eventually someone will notice you. And a lot of that is because the factory owners, they didn't want us to stand out because then we would mess up something and they didn't want to think about us. Just be that you know, the population was so large coming into these factories, they didn't want to have to think about us. So don't say anything. You don't want to get fired. Okay. But now we've moved into, so that was the fourth industrial revolution. We moved into the fourth and fifth almost immediately, and we're still stuck in these old ways. And so how do we move forward? We need to, yes, we do need to fit in, but we also need to stand out at the same time as we move into this imagination era or whatever it's whatever we're in. We won't know for a while what we're in, but what is this? We don't know, but we can't stay stuck to the old social norms that tells us, you know, bragging about yourself violates modesty norms. If your work were that good, it would speak for itself. Like only if you're close to power. So yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I am fascinated. Like what drove you to do this research and to write this book? So, I, I, you know, my last name is Bragg and realizing from a long time that people struggled with telling their stories of success. I think that's, you know, people didn't always want to be seen and heard when I was in journalism. They would pass the mic to someone else far too often. And it would be the same people that maybe shouldn't be stepping up to the mic again and again and again. And I was always a little bit of a rebel that I wanted to find different people. So I would go to the unusual source and say, hey, you're the expert. Let me interview you. And she'd say, oh, no, not me. Go back to down in the hall. So I, you know, I really wanted to, um, 
help people to be seen and heard. And I realized it with, so my background, understanding my last name, doing the research, uh, re the literature review, I realized that, you know, all the research, a lot of the research that had been done, had been done on U.S. Uh, university students. So people who were 20, 21 years old, 22 years old, they, in a very small sample too of the research. So there weren't that many people in the research surveys or in their different um, quantitative experiences. And so I found that the research was lacking and interesting in some ways, but lacking in other ways. And so that's where I decided to do an international research survey and collect data and information from people all over the world and hear what they had to say. And so it was really interesting what I got back um, and that helped inform the book. But I was just really passionate when I'd see in the business journals, like Harvard Business Review, don't brag and don't self-promote, especially if you're a woman. I'm like, well, why not? And so that was part of it. And, and as much as I love the work of author Adam Grant, who wrote the originals and so many things, he has a favorite quote that every time just gets right under my skin. And it's that bragging violates modesty norms. And if you were that good, your work would speak for itself. I might have messed that up a bit, but and but most people were like, really? And so I had a chance in 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic to ask him, do you still stand by that, especially for women, women of color, women, um, indigenous women? And he said, he said, yes, because the research says bragging and self-promotion is is not dangerous, but women are penalized when they brag and self-promote. And it's, so it's too, it's too hard. So he said, you know, he said, yes, that it's still, it's, it's a challenge essentially and in a negative way. And so I said, well, why do we have to wait for the research to change? Shouldn't we collectively change the research? Like what comes first? And so that's where I said, no, 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 we need to come together and start changing this attitude that we shouldn't do these things because we need to do these things. There's no way that we're going to get ahead by, you know, waiting for someone to see our work. We need to put our work out there into the world and show the moments and not just the milestones or when someone else says, yes, you are the expert. I bestow you the expert level. No, 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 no. We come into it on our own and share our strengths with the world. So that was a long explanation for it, but it's all in the book. <laughs> but I'm really passionate about the research part of it because it's not just, it's along with the lessons learned from the clients and the workshops that I've done, but it's also an international perspective. So it's not just me uh, from Canada saying, here's what I found, but it's me from Canada saying, here's all the people around me being Canadian, which we have this beautiful country of so many different people, but it's also me going to the UK, the US, India. I interviewed people from Japan and um, Australia and so many different cultures to say, what was your experience with bragging and self-promotion to say, here's what a lot of people think, you know, don't ruffle feathers or what will they think or all those things. And it's funny that it's so much of it is cross-cultural. The, yeah. the tallest nail gets hammered down was another one I liked. The tallest Ooh. nail gets hammered down. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I just had this conversation uh, earlier this week, too, about um, something I had said um, to my partner um, around the fact that, like, I, I, I'm a really good coach. Um, I, I own it and I, I have the data. Um, if that's what you need is data. Um, but I am. I'm really good at my job. And he said, whoa, right? That's tooting your own horn. And I'm like, well, yeah, 
because who else is going to do that? Right? Like I'm the expert in what I do. And so I believe I owe it to my clients and to the work that I do to, to speak up about the work that I do. Um, and we all are experts, like you said, in, we have our own views, our own opinions, and our own experiences that bring a unique look to everything um, that we do. And so I believe I have, a, it, it's almost like my mission to say, like, to stand up and talk about the work that I do and how I do it uniquely um, and remarkably. Um, that's what I, that's, that's how I feel. I owe the work. Um, and it, I don't think I brag at all. I think yeah. I'm, I'm telling the facts. Uh, that's what it is. Um, but it takes, a, it takes a long time to do that. And we keep hearing things like that too, right? Just like, whoa, right? Like, do you need to toot your own horn? Um, if that's what you're gonna call it, then this is what that is. This is what I'm doing. Um, absolutely. Because work doesn't speak for itself. It work doesn't. They don't have a no. list. They don't no. have lips or mouths or, right? Work doesn't think. We do. Um, and so I think we have a, a place to actually speak for the work um, and, and how we interpret that. So a few things to unpack in that. First of all, it's absolutely what you said. It's how you are of service to the world. That's what it's about. So when you mm -hmm. talk about what your strengths are and how awesome you are, that's how you serve. And so by allowing people to know how I'm here to serve, that's a service to them. It's being of service. And then they know, but we've gotten trapped in the words, you know, we think we have to be, have all this humility, but then that is a servant attitude. We're here to serve, but we're not servants. <laughs> but part of it too, is that we've lost the meaning of brag. So bragging originally, I'm going to take you back 1325 and meant to shine and shimmer shine and shimmer and then bravery that we tell stories of our bravery and then along the way we made it into this thing that was supposed to be icky and don't do it and that's the factory era keeping us down because so long ago we told stories about our successes but now it's this don't talk about it but it's because we don't it's we get confused bragging means to talk about your success with pride i believe in some self-love because pride also means self-love it's not always the downfall the problem is we get trapped up in a bigger word that we don't want to say is self-aggrandizement. Like self-aggrandizement, which really means that icky, that puffery, that I'm better than you stance that we actually don't like. And so we get confused in the words. And you know, bragging rights is actually often celebrated. It's like you have bragging rights, you're better than people, like you deserve that. And some of it, some of it gets caught up in, well, who gets to decide what's good and what's not? Who, who is this magic person that gets to say, you get to decide that that was good or not. So I challenge all these kind of things because if you are here to serve and you're of service, don't worry about the negative negativity around the narcissism or the, the ickiness of boast being boastful. You know, I'm, it's not about puffery or putting other people down. Reframe it as here is how I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. And then that's, that's going to take away any of the ickiness for yeah. you and allow you to then help people because that's what we're here to do. That's yeah. so interesting that you say that. I So most recently come from the nonprofit world, work with social impact entrepreneurs. Um, that's that's who my clients are. And that idea of, of being here to serve, 100%, they're all bought in on that. And 
it goes to that place of, but I'm here to serve. So that means that I am, I am meek and I am, I'm smaller. I am less than I can't. And it's like, and that is my joy is to go in there and to show them when you can't serve when you're invisible. Yeah. You can't serve when nobody can hear you. Yeah. And Kim, that, that when they're invisible, if you're coaching also for people who are, well, everyone, but especially people who are employed, that invisibility becomes corrosive after a while. Mm -hmm. Humans are meant to be seen and heard. It doesn't have to be by the world, but we are meant to be seen and heard. And when you have that invisibility cloak tied tightly around you and you're that hidden gem, it becomes corrosive. And people will then leave because they see somebody who's mediocre getting ahead because they've been louder and prouder and talked about you know, the lesser successes that they have, but we keep, because we think it's a servant attitude. Too many of us here be a humble leader, have humility. We hear it too loud. It's too programmed in our brain. It's too amped up. And so we are in this attitude of servant leadership, which means, yes, I am here to take care of my people, but I also have to take care of myself. And so it's a, you know, it is a balancing act. It's not the bravado of, of you know, hitting our chests, but it's also telling people I'm of service and, but I'm not a servant and it's language, but it's nuanced. But so many of us get caught up in that servant servant thing. And I'm meant to be off to the side and called upon to come in when you need me because you're ringing a bell. Like, no, <laughs> right? No, no, it, that it, it absolutely, um, yeah, it, you hit a place with me. Cause that I have those conversations. I'm like, you're not a servant. You're not and, a servant. And when, and when we talk about service, it, we are not talking about servitude. There yes. is something very different. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's so different, but we're so lost in the language of it. And and again, some of the you know attitudes that it's meant for some people, but not for most of us. Anyone who's listening to this is not supposed to be that servant servant. And don't worry about humility and don't worry about being humble you need to start being seen and heard and putting it out in a word and a thinking of service. And that's, I'm here to serve and help people along the way and also help myself with that. So the more I can help, the more good things will happen in the world. Mm. This has been such an amazing conversation and time has flown by. I just looked up at the clock and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I would love to ask the question I love asking every week is what is our golden nugget? Like, what are we going to take away from this conversation, put in our pockets and take with us today? Well, so I'm going to put my cape back on, I think, (laughs) from Louise. And I think it's, you know what, I think I really want to talk more about, you know, service and servitude and humble and humility in more of my work that I'm doing, because I think we get the servant mixed up too much. And I don't know if I've delved, there's so much in this book, but again, you can't have it, you know, 300, 400 page book, but that that servant attitude, we need to understand that a bit more. So that's a gem I'm definitely going to take away. So thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Mine is uh, shiny, bright and brave. It's like, can we just own that? Um, and what a what a bright place it would be um, when we can own that. Um, so I love that. I love that definition of brag um, because it really is. It really is about that. And it does take bravery to to step into that and to to own to own your remarkableness. Um, So I love that. I love that word too. Jeez. Um, So many good. I bet the next time I listen to this episode, I'm going to come up with a different golden nugget because we like just like hit all the high notes today. 
Um, I loved it. I love this conversation. Thank you. Yeah. And, and mine is definitely that inventory of what makes me remarkable. It is, it is absolutely, um, I love, I, to what Louise just said, I love that word and I, de I will absolutely be incorporating mm -hmm. it in, in things that I'm doing, um, for myself and for, for others as well. Yeah. Um, I wanted to share. So Heidi, um, out on LinkedIn said, my takeaway is I'm here to serve, but I am not a servant and don't play small. Beautiful, beautiful, Thank beautiful. Um, so Lisa, you have a book. Um, <laughs> first, maybe a book. There we go. Bragging rights. So you can't see on there. This is what I love is the full title. So bragging rights, how to talk about your work using purposeful self-promotion. Yeah. And the purposeful word was really important. Um, you know, we talked about smart and savvy and it's like purposeful. It's the intention, you know, it's what is intentional because I don't, this is not about you running off and, and screaming from the mountaintops on social media. It's really about being purposeful so that you will take action and you will be inspired. You will take action, but that'll make a difference in your life and the life of people who are around you. So there's also a chapter if you're a leader dedicated as a leader to helping your teams shine. So there's, it's for you, but it's also for all the people that you coach, lead, mentor, or care about that, that they can really succeed because of this book. So no more hidden gems, no more hidden gems. No more hidden gems. So where can people find you? Where can they find the book? All that good stuff. Oh, thank you. You can find me at lisabragg.com. So Lisa with two G's, there it is on the screen, but lisabragg.com. You can find my book at every major, at every retailer. It's it's pretty much everywhere now. So it's pretty exciting. And uh, it's available now as a an audio book, the paperback book and the ebook. So whatever your reading pleasure is, you can, or listening pleasure, you can find those, those there there too. And find me on social media. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. So I'm Lisa Bragg on LinkedIn and other channels. I'm that Lisa Bragg. So I appreciate you. Thank that you. <laughs> I'm the Kim Romaine. So I can appreciate that Lisa Bragg. <laughs> right. Cause somebody got it first. So I'm that Lisa Bragg, you know, so that one, <laughs> which I think goes to that place of bragging. Like I'm that one. I'm that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's right, being memorable. Exactly. We're going to quickly let people know what we are have coming up next week. We're going to do Unmasking the Imposter Within with uh, Michelle Delgado. She is a transformational coach um, working in the business sector as well. And so we're excited to have that conversation next week. Um, Lisa, it has been a joy and a pleasure having this conversation today. I appreciate you and thank you so much. And thank being gratitude and saying thank you is also part of self-promotion. Self so I thank you very much for this opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, such a pleasure. Uh, not the last time we're going to uh, converse at all. Okay. Looking forward to it. Thank all right, everyone. Have a good week. Take care. Bye. Bye Thank you. Now.